Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We drink tequila. We talk. Welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Talk, talk. Okay. Just cheers. Yeah. Adrenaline. Adrenaline. Mmm. Okay. It is yum. It kind of tastes tropical, but not heavy. So it doesn't taste like a pina colada. But it, it gives you the vibe of a pina colada. Yeah, I feel like this is a very summery cocktail. I know it's not summer right now, but this feels summery. We decided to go for a, not a summer cocktail, but an adrenal cocktail. Everybody, welcome to Team Tequila Talks. Your host, Cassandra Gina Mel and Sherryon Gonzalez. And we are drinking a an adrenal cocktail. And it, for those like adrenals that apparently affects us all, even if we don't know it. Well, what is an adrenal? An adrenal is your endocrine system. These are your hormones. This is going to be your pancreas and your thyroid and all of these tiny organs that you don't really talk about a ton, but are essential to tell you when to wake up, when to eat, when to go to sleep, when to run away from a lion chasing you in the wild. <laughs> that doesn't have that often. Yeah. What, what would be the equivalent? Like like, like a, uh, a murderous psycho. Yeah, like a psycho. <laughs> that tells you to wake up. That thing tells you to wake up. Michael Myers. Yeah. I feel like we don't think about adrenals. And I do. I did. I used to do everything except that. What, what basically this drink has given you. I'd be like, oh, I'm fatigued. It must be time for, you know, I would go the opposite way, coffee, mm-hmm. you know, and not really, why am I always fatigued at like 1 p.m.? Or why am I waking up at 4 a.m. and I can't stay to sleep, stay asleep all night? And right. it's like these things. And what I do before I go to bed now is I have orange juice and you have orange an electrolyte before bed. Yep. Or no, and with electrolyte in it because I do a 4 a.m. wake up, Oof. no matter if I'm drinking or not. And my girl told me, oh, those are your adrenals. Well, those are your adrenals. Like My blood sugar is messed up. A lot of times I'll wake up to pee, even though like... It's like a twinkle. Do I have to pee? Yes. Could I have waited another hour or two? A hundred percent. Yeah. So I feel like that is, that's a lot of, that's cortisol. Yeah. As well, which is, which is a hormone, which is your adrenals. So what are we drinking, Sherry? We are drinking an adrenal cocktail. It has coconut water light coconut milk, tartar, cream of tartar, cream of tartar, which is not a cream. It's, it's a misnomer. I, it right is there. cream of tartar. Who came up with that? Pinch of salt. I feel like it's British. They call things like that. That's not really that. You're thinking of tartar sauce, like fish and chips. Oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just give it to the British. A uh, pinch of salt and some collagen powder. So I... Don't really taste like cream of tartar. Tar- I don't even know what it tastes like on its own, but I, I feel like it's like baking soda, right? I've never ever tasted. I've only cooked with it ever. Mm-hmm. I've we probably should have tasted it, but it made it very frothy and it's this pretty color. Basically, this drink is supposed to taste like a creamsicle. The collagen made it frothy as well. Yeah. So the collagen doesn't really taste like anything. Mm-hmm. This is not um, like collagen peptides. This is just this is marine collagen, and so the kind that I get is super clean. Love it. It doesn't really taste like much. It can be a little sticky, uh, but it doesn't taste like anything. So it does, you can mix it into just about anything, even like a soup. Yeah. But it is from, I think it's from fish scales. It's called mar- true marine collagen. Oh, and it is from, that's the good stuff. right. So it's not vegan, but it's a pescatarian. Mm. <laughs> so it is, it is supposed to be for people that like 
don't want to get their collagen from a cow's femur, which I mean, I don't mind personally, yeah, but, but this is just, a, this is a, it's supposed to make it more bioavailable. So okay. you absorb more of it more as of well. It. Okay. In theory. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you're getting probably the, the whoop bam mam in this. It's like everything you need you for whoop bam, whoop bam mam. It's like, for me, this is a hot summer day drink for sure. Yeah. I would definitely take this. Like if I was on vacation, I would bring some collagen powder and some of this in my purse so that I can make this for myself. Travel packs. Travel packs. I will say that this is, um, you don't taste a ton of the tequila. Now, granted, we use like lovely, smooth, nice tequila. Yeah. But it, I think that because you have a lot going on with the orange and the coconut cr- cream, we use light coconut We use cream. light coconut cream. And the coconut cream is giving you the balancing of the blood sugar, which we all need. The magnesium powder is uh, the, is provided by the collagen. We get some of those um, electrolytes from, I guess, the sea salt adds in more salt, like an electrolyte. Well, yeah, of. even if you put sea salt in your water in the yeah. morning, drink that, that boom, magic mineral water. Yeah. Right. That's just, just by putting sea salt, dead sea salt, Celtic sea salt, whatever, mm-hmm. just by adding that to your water in the morning, you are instantly making the water more again, bioavailable yeah. and you're going to absorb more of those electrolytes and minerals and it's going to make you more hydrated. And it's interesting because so many people have demonized salt in the eighties and nineties, right? Well, because the overuse of salt. Chemically treated, processed, iodized well, this table is, salt. And I should say, we are not using table salt. We are using pink Himalayan salt. Which is freshly ground. And when you freshly grind it, it just releases all of those minerals and electrolytes. Right. And I think a lot of people don't get potassium and mag in there. And we're getting the potassium from the cream of tartar. And I do think I take a CalMag pill every night. CalMag, CalMag, CalMag potassium, calcium, magnesium, potassium pill for your heart health, for your bone health, all the things. And I do think because my magnesium, for whatever reason, is always low. That's a genetic thing. So you can get your 23andMe, your ancestor DNA. Mm-hmm. Now there's all of these companies like Life DNA, and you can upload your raw data and it'll tell you which nutrients you absorb better and which nutrients your body is a bit more resistant to. Hmm, interesting. Cause I've, yeah. I've been magnesium deficient since I can remember all my physicals. Yep. Yep. So I, I have to take like, like B9 and uh, calcium, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So you gotta be careful. Cause was that osteoporosis? Is that calcium? Yeah. But I work out a lot. The, it's true. They say that like they used to think that vitamin D and calcium taking supplements was the best way to combat osteoporosis. And then they found all the vitamin D doesn't do shit in the supplement form. You have to actually be in the sun sun and get it from your diet. And then the calcium, yeah, sure. Supplements help, but they found out what is much better is lifting weights and resistance. I mean, that makes sense though. Stronger muscles, stronger bones. You're stronger, your muscles to support the bone. So you don't overuse. That's exactly what it is. You strengthen the muscles and then it takes pressure off of the bones. I just feel like, you know, here, and I think all over the world, it's not just America. I just think the importance of a healthy diet and working out three to five days a week, the longevity, there's every study to known to man yep. that people live longer. They are healthier when they have a balanced diet and yep. they work out, but it's just so hard to get people to do that. Yeah. And th- I think that when people think workout, they think I have to <gasps> drive to a fancy gym. Yeah. I've got to have my heart rate in the 165 yeah. zone for an hour. And yeah. then I got to like get home and shower. Like some people look at the gym and working out as this three hour process. And yeah. it can be. I mean, if that's your, if you want your professional athlete, you sure. could also exercise for 15 to 20 minutes at home and just break a quick sweat and then make sure that you're trying to take the stairs or walk when you can. Your workout 
stop doesn't have to be crazy. No. And I, I do think that's like, you know, like a, a bit of a misnomer. Like people believe what, what, what's a workout is a workout for you. And I tell people all the time, my workout may not be for you, your level of fitness, my level of fitness, but I do believe your at your level of fitness, you can do any workout. There's like plethora of things. There yep. is, I see this guy every morning taking my daughter to school. There's a Tai Chi clinic where we live and it's like six of them out in the morning and they're, it's just, they're just moving slow, but they're, I bet their heart rates up. You know, they're yeah. breathing, they're, they're moving with intention and they're breathing and they just look like they're, Skylar, my daughter's always like, they're moving through mud. I'm like, it looks like it. It does. But I, it, I the effort. the patience for it. That's well, like, I think that's more like when you're 60. You gotta do what, I mean, listen, you have to do what you can do. One of the best things that you can do, I mean, any human is just walk because walking lowers your cortisol yes, and it does burn calories, but it is not going to stress your body out and, and <laughs> make you rebound and go, oh my God, I'm starving. I need a milkshake. Cause I mean, we've had that happen where you mm-hmm. go do an insane workout and you like kind of undo it because you're so fucking hungry right? that you are like, I want the burger. The yeah, milkshake and the truffle tots are like, like whatever. Yeah, you are so hungry after, and then you're full and uncomfortable, and then your blood, your body's like, what's happening here? Well, you just stress yourself out. Yeah, yeah. Your blood sugar. I do. I do electrolyte before I work out, and I always have fruit before I work out because you just need energy. Like I feel like, or and I also eat in the morning. Well, this has vitamin C, potassium, sodium. Yep, and the antioxidants in the vitamin C in the OJ helps. Um, fi- uh, protect against oxid- oxidative stress yeah. and boost the Im- immune system. So I do think orange juice gets, you know, it's like old school 1950s Lu- I Love Lucy episode when she's squeezing the fresh orange juice for Ricky. But like it actually works. And this is fresh squeezed orange juice, by the way. And we used also Cara Cara oranges, which is... Cara Cara. They're, they're the sweet... They're, um, I think they're grown here in California and they're the sweetest of the oranges. And I thought that would be nice to kind of add to, you know, a little bit of that like seasonal orange even though we have tons of oranges here in california well i know we like i feel like there's such a variety of oranges we have in my backyard we have one called bitter orange oh never heard of that i know i hadn't until our gardener hadn't put little but they're not bitter but they're not bitter i think they're just more bitter less sweet compared to your standard navel oranges i think which i use them for cocktails because I don't like a sweet cocktail anyway. Right. And you're still getting that orange essence and that citrus. It's just not as sweet. Mm. It's not bitter. It's just not as sweet. Oh, I mean, there's like different, way different varieties. I, I do think the coconut water in this makes this taste fresher. It just wakes it up a bit. Um, I think it keeps it light. Because if we were going to do just the coconut cream, I think that it could get into that really heavy pina colada territory where you can only have one. Yeah. I think the point of an adrenal cocktail with the hydration and everything is it's hydrating, yeah. right? Like you want to keep it light. You can't, yeah. it, can, it shouldn't be difficult to get it down. I can't wait for our guests to come on because I'm going to ask her about my 4 a.m. wake ups. Because Ooh. my um, hormone lady was basically like, that is your adrenals. And most adrenals. women... She said, "Not men," which is so interesting. No, because our hormones are so testosterone much puts more complex. You... Hi, hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah Kleiner. Hello. Sarah Kleiner Wellness is joining us on Team Tequila Talk. Yes, I am so excited. Welcome. 
I think Sherry Thank you for has, having me. is yeah. even more excited to have you. <laughs> I am. I love it. I love it. We've had a ton of people, you know, here at Team Tequila Talks, we are all about balance and um, healthy recoveries. And like, yes, it's not realistic to say you're never going to have a margarita or go out with your friends, but how can we drink smarter, right? Like how can we be replenishing our electrolytes, our hydration? Um, we're having this adrenal cocktail situation um, right now, which is a blend of orange juice and coconut and uh, a little cream of tartar for some potassium, um, collagen powder powder. and sea salt. Yeah. Nice. So um, we've done a lot of episodes recently where people want to know about the hormone side of things, Mm -hmm. especially as women. And what we were just saying is that women's hormones are so much more complex And men can just like sleep through the night. And if they wake up, it was probably because like there was a dog howling. We wake up. And sometimes if your hormones are out of whack, you might wake up at three in the morning in a panic or having to fake pee. Yeah. Or your cortisol is spiraling. And then that messes with your progesterone, which messes with your estrogen, which messes with your insulin. It's a lot. And depending on your age, it's it's, it's just a lot. So wait, I have... Well, first of all, tell our guests what it is that you do. Let Sarah tell you what she does. Uh, well, thanks again for having me. I am a quantum health coach and what that, and I study circadian biology. So really everything I do is based around circadian biology and quantum physics and implementing that, those strategies for my clients. And, you know, we think about circadian health as kind of this kind of like off the beaten path kind of way of looking at health, but that's the lens that I look at everyone's health through. Because when your circadian health is where it needs to be, you're able to influence cortisol and melatonin, which you mentioned the cortisol. Those are two master hormones. And if those are out of whack, they're going to influence all the downstream hormones. So with my female clients, I have them, whether you're pre-menopause, perimenopause, or menopause, I, before they go spend a ton of money on Dutch testing and functional testing, I'm sure you guys are familiar with like, yeah, the so functional- Dutch testing for people who don't know is when I think you can get it on Amazon, yeah. you can get it, you know, you can buy the packet online um, via Amazon or elsewhere and you take an at-home test or you can go to a doctor's office and then you send it in and it basically gives you a snapshot of your hormones, but it can get really expensive because when you take yeah. that test, it's only the snapshot at that moment. I know, but is it before your period or after your period? Exactly. Like, that's you know, point. where you are in your cycle. Yeah. It can change. So that's a tough one. Well, and then, it can get really expensive. The Dutch is actually a different because the blood tests will do that. So blood, you have to kind of do a specific day, specific times for specific hormones. The Dutch is like a dried urine test that it'll tell you kind of what's going on in the span of your entire cycle. So if I do have, and it is really expensive to do, and you have to have a functional practitioner that can read it and help you diagnose it. So if I'm going to have anyone do any hormone testing, I'm always going to do the Dutch. But before we do that, I'm like, we have to get your cortisol and melatonin patterns and we have to look at your leptin levels. So so those are three master hormones that are going to influence all your sex hormones and your thyroid hormones and your appetite. So I have people do some kind of, you know, what seems like crazy things, like look at the sun, go outside. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We've now gotten to a place where where it's like, why is the person standing in the sun? You're maybe going somewhere. Well, we've we've got a place where where it's like, oh, your health is off. Go outside. (laughs) Exactly. Like that shouldn't be this alternative medicine. Yeah. 
Well, and I, I was that way too when I first started working with a practitioner about four years ago to kind of fix a lot of my hormonal problems. I was like 39. I had put on a bunch of weight. I'm like, okay, boom, here I'm in perimenopause. I've put on this weight. What the heck do I do? And she's like, I need you. She gave me a circadian routine. And I was like, well, that's freaking dumb. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not doing that. What's the diet you want me to follow? I'll do the diet. I'll do the diet. Right. Right. So I did the diet. I was having some results, but then I was still getting stuck and things were not moving and things were not changing. Right. And I kept on tweaking the diet and playing with the diet. And I was just getting exhausted. And then fast forward to, I decided that I wanted to get pregnant at 41, um, which is a little crazy, but to get pregnant, your hormones have to be on point, <laughs> you know, to get pregnant and stay Very pregnant, true. your, your, your yeah. hormones have to be on point. And so this is what kind of made me dive down this rabbit hole because I did, I probably spent over a hundred thousand dollars on Ooh. the functional, yeah. Functional testing, functional practitioners genetic testing, genetic, pra- I mean, like you name it, I did it. And, uh, nothing was working. Nothing was working until I actually got down the rabbit hole of circadian medicine and quantum biology. That's and, so uh, I quit all the supplements. I quit all the testing and I started following these routines and was pregnant. Um, in January of 2022, my son is four and a half months old now. And I had him at age 43 uh, with no interventions, nothing. Well, first of all, congratulations. And we, you you know, you know, me and Cassandra, we definitely, we love our doctors, but we also question our doctors. And I don't think that there's anything wrong when you've done a little research on the side about your own body or you're feeling off to, to be like, you know, taking your health in your own hands, it sounds so wrong, especially with the way the world is now. But I always, I come with notes to my doc, to my OBGYN appointments. 100%. Oh, yeah. I track my sleep. I'm like, why am I waking up every day at 4 a.m.? And I'm not even drinking. I also think that there's a really good blend between Eastern and Western medicine because people used to die from like bladder infections, right? right? And now we right. have the science right. to help with that. And do I love right. going on antibiotics? No. Does do you sometimes have to do it? Like, yeah, right. that's, that's, it is, it is what it is. But I would say that traditional Western doctors aren't going to do anything for you until something's really wrong. They're yeah. problem it's solvers. It's all acute. It's like, yeah. I can save your life. You're not going to die. We're going right. to help you unclog this artery. We're going to take you so that you don't die. Right. <laughs> right? right. Essentially. But there's no preventative care. There's no wellness and, care. Yeah. Right. And for women and fertility, which is, I didn't know what a huge crisis it was. I kind of had heard a lot of buzz about it. But when I started going through my own fertility battles and having miscarriages and doing IVF and not having it work and, you know, all of that heartbreak, I was really diving into this world of like women's health and women's hormones and women's fertility and just seeing how literally jacked up it was and how women are being gaslighted and they're giving, they're, they're getting supplements and testing and supplements and testing or medication, 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 and no one's getting the results that they want to get. People aren't getting pregnant. Their hormones are getting worse. 
And it's a huge frustration and, and pain point for a lot of women. And so, you know, just kind of the pain and everything that I went through has made me change the way that I talk to women, look at women and, and men too. I mean, men, this can influence their hormones greatly as well, but I'm more focused on, you know, how can I help women, especially women who want to conceive right. um, of all ages, because it's not just women in their forties, right? That's a lot harder to get pregnant in your forties than your twenties. But when I started this rabbit hole of like looking at infertility and the women that were being affected, there's just as many women in their twenties as there are in their forties now. And it's actually one of the doctors that I spoke with, who is a fertility doctor. She says, it's actually your grandmother at 35 was more fertile than most women are now at age 22. I've, I you like, know, what? Well, <laughs> I've, I've heard this and I have a, a family member who works at an IVF clinic. And mm -hmm. she was saying in the last 10 years, like, I guess they were reading a journal, the amount of 20 somethings where mm -hmm. you never care about them when they're pregnant, they're pregnant, you know, they deliver healthy babies, 99.9% .9 of the time. And I said, what do you think it is? She was like, well, now they have a study about the use of birth control past the 10 oh, year that's mark. Huge. Past mm -hmm. the 10 years. You're supposed it's to only be on birth control for 10 years. It's a massive endocrine disruptor. Yeah. It messes oh, yeah. up huge. your whole body. And 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 the thing is, is like you want to not get pregnant. And this is like we had a plastic surgeon on recently, and he was saying that even as doctors, we're doing trial and error. We come up with something new that we think is yeah. going to be the thing, and it's and then you troubleshoot it, you tweak it, you fine tune it, and you go, great, problem solved. And then on the B side of it, you get to the end of the cycle and you see all the problems that are happening because of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wish if oh, I yeah. could go back in time, I would say like non-hormonal birth control only, yeah. whether that's like a cup or an IUD, which I mean, because they make the non-hormonal yeah, IUDs yeah, as well. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, and in your 20s, you're like, and you're not getting pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to you pregnant. just don't think about it. You're like, you I don't care. I just don't you want to get pregnant. I want to have fun. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You're just, yeah. you're not thinking about the long-term effects of the hormones. And you think I'm young, I'm resilient. My hormones will bounce back. And I feel like for the most part, that's probably true, Yeah, but not a hundred percent of the time. Well, no, you're seeing these girls on birth control for 20 years, right? Like my right, cousin was telling right. me, she's like, we have patients who have been aware for 19, 18 years mm -hmm. and they get it off it and they break out. They get, they get cystic acne, like they're 15 and these are women mm -hmm. in their forties. And then she's like, yeah, let that cycle out. That's your body response. And then they have terrible periods or they don't even have a period for six months until after they stop the birth control. Just to even get your body, you know, my grandmother say this thing, like your body has to start at go. And if you start, I'm allergic to hormones. So I've never been, never been able to take birth control. And my grandmother was like, cause our bodies are just not, we go, we go and we go. It's actually like, a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. allergic yeah. or you're just like incredibly I get reactive. I get reactive. I get blood clots. My granny did, okay. my grand, Ooh, my mom wow. did, my sister did. So I, and of course when I, in college, I did not want to get pregnant, had a boyfriend. So I was like, well, I'll just get the lowest dose. 0.5 of this dose called mm -hmm. of this. I don't know if it's still around. It's called Desigen. Went to the health center, got it. And, you know, you're kind of mortal when you're, you're like, oh, I'm not going to die. What's the blood clot? And I was like right. in ballet class and my calf was like swollen up by the minute. And she just knew she turned, she took her, took her like scarf, rushed to the ER. Ooh. Yeah. My grandmother was called and the guy was like, what did you do? I'm like, I haven't done anything differently. I'm like, oh, I've been on birth control for three weeks. And he's like, Nice. Had a stint, had put a stint in it. Yeah. Oh, had to wow. do on blood thinners. Wow. And my grandmother walks in. Yeah. And my grandma's like, you think I'm joking? We cannot. <laughs> and I think it's, I'm reactive, like added hormones. And if you yeah, think yeah. about your twenties, I'm probably thriving with my hormones right. and I'm trying to stop 
a process yeah. that's that's natural. That's supernatural. Birth control pills are a carcinogen. They stop the hormonal process. They cover up issues. They don't actually solve anything. And yep. so like we were talking about medical care in this, in this country, and I'm sure other countries as well, it's like, we just don't want you to die. And so you've got 15 minutes with your provider and you've got acne, you've got PCOS, you have all these issues and the provider is just going to pass you the pill because it's easy prescription. You're, you're done, but we're not looking at the long-term repercussions. And uh, Ricky Lake did a great documentary on. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, that it was, great. was really eye-opening. And uh, because I have a I have a 15-year-old daughter with special needs. And so that question is always posed to us. So oh, do you want to put her on birth control? I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that to my daughter. Yeah. Like I I would rather deal with, you know, all the other stuff and keep her away from the boys. Right. Um, then- <laughs> and we've all been in that space where whether you were pregnant or where you were on birth control, or maybe you're just having an aggressive cycle right? and you might go a little crazy or a little emotional or whatever, because when your hormones are going all over the place, you're going to feel it in your head and your heart. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it's just one more thing that you think you might be fixing things, but you're actually, like you said, masking it. Well, you're delaying the inevitable. If you've been on birth control since you were, let's say 22 and you're 50 and you're peri or you're in menopause. And I've had family members and friends who stopped taking birth control at 50 and then wildfire, night sweats, all things got back on birth control to control the menopausal Mm -hmm. symptoms. And I was like, wait, your doctor told you, she's like, yeah, I'm like, that doesn't seem doesn't like, right. don't you just want to, I mean, I have, you know, I'm Perry and I have friends who are going through a bunch, bunch of different things. And they're just like, no, they do all the Chinese medicine stuff and the pellets and this and that. And I'm just like, don't you want to, isn't the whole point of that is to finish this process off like correctly. Right. Like, I just feel like to yeah. let, let your body do its thing. Let it do its thing. It's like, like, yeah. let your body have a period. It's okay. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, most of the medicine that we look at in our society is suppressive antibiotics, steroids, birth control. Like we're, we're suppressing something that's underneath. And I think if we continue to suppress things over and over again, we never get to the root cause and the problem is going to continue to manifest in other ways, right? It's, it's going to come out as maybe a skin problem. A lot of people, it's a sleep problem. I mean, there's, there's just, that's how the body works. And so, you know, I'm, I really love homeopathy as well for dealing with these types of things because homeopathy is going to take you down to root and it's not going to suppress things. Um, which I know a lot of people are, the FDA is trying to get homeopathy outlawed right now, which is uh, insane. Yeah. yeah because I don't think it's, it, it, they're not trying to, ban it, but they're trying to make it to where you're not allowed to make claims. You probably know better than I do. They're, they're, they're trying yeah. to so heavily regulate it that it's ostensibly inaccessible. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. what is it? 60% yeah. of our economy is pharmaceuticals. And right. if that industry, is that accurate? It's, I think that's very accurate. Holy yeah. Smokes. I'll Google, but I think that's accurate. And it's because you think of all the Americans who get around 40, mid forties, fifties and the diabetes, the heart disease. And those are just like popping pills. I mean, diabetes and heart disease is just a normal thing. Well, People think I'm it's normal. Oh, I'm 55. Oh, my blood sugar's off. I have to go to the doctor and get a pill. Well, and that's all diet. And we are big nutrition advocates and enthusiasts here. And 
type two diabetes is fixable with diet and lifestyle. So, um, we, you know, I I think that it's not just nutrition, but there's lifestyle factors. Like you're saying, like get out in the sun and watch your cortisol levels, pay attention, like don't have coffee on an empty stomach. If you're stressed out, if your cortisol is high, like use coffee selectively and time it with where you're at and your hormones. And I think that this is something that's really interesting for women, especially, to kind of unlock the power of your hormones. If you're Mm -hmm. in the first half of your cycle, that's when you should be hitting the gym harder, right? Mm -hmm. If you are in the second half of your cycle, that's when you need to really rest and nurture yourself and recover to keep those cortisol levels down. And I think that shining a light on this hormone wellness is really going to make people check in with their bodies a bunch more and ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got a circadian rhythm, a 24 hour ish rhythm, right? That our cortisol is supposed to be in a specific pattern. Our melatonin is supposed to be in this specific pattern. Women, we have an infradian rhythm and that's our 28 day cycle. And just because you stop bleeding, I always tell my menopausal ladies, you still have an infradian cycle. And so I have my women that are in menopause that don't have the cycle anymore to still time it by the moon of their activities, their exercise, you know, their diet and different little interventions that we do. If they're going to do any kind of cold therapy or sauna therapy, we have to take that 28 day cycle into account. So again, yeah, you, like you said, women that do have a cycle, the first 10 days is when we have more estrogen. So we should do more weightlifting. We could do a little bit more intermittent fasting if we want to do it. I still like it on a circadian. So you're doing breakfast and maybe skipping dinner those first 10 days, but then ovulation. And then the time, you know, before your cycle, that week before your cycle, you got to be a little more gentle with yourself. And so I tell my menopausal ladies, like, let's look at it as you're still on a 28 day cycle, but let's say that the new moon is bleed and then the full moon is ovulation. So you just time, pay attention to the moon and treat your body as though you're still having that cycle. And I've, you know, had a lot of help with my menopausal ladies that aren't necessarily having the cycle kind of timing their activities and their diet and, and that, and things like that as well. Um, I would imagine that helps a lot with symptoms. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the, and the cool thing about this circadian lifestyle, you know, it's, it's really simple. It doesn't take hours upon in, like I'm sitting outside right now, just because I, I try to go outside as often as I possibly can. But I have a ton of women that, you know, when they start working with me, I'm like, I need you outside at sunrise. I don't care if it's only two minutes. I need your eyes seeing sunrise before you look at a phone screen, before you look at anything else, because that's going to signal your body. First of all, it's going to turn off the melatonin production. Our melatonin is supposed to cycle, turn into tryptophan and turn into serotonin. You make your more, your serotonin is going to turn into melatonin for that night. You're going to actually improve your melatonin production by going out for morning light every single day. And you're going to improve your cortisol pattern because when you get natural sunlight in your eyes in the morning, first thing, instead of a screen, that's going to signal your brain to stop melatonin and start gradually making cortisol in a, in a, in a natural, gradual way. And then in UVA light, which is right after sunrise, we make pregnenolone, we make thyroid hormone. Again, those there's neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin. I mean, you, that that's what the, the 24 hour circadian clock is turned on by light. And what most mm. people do is they roll over and look at their phone. The, this, the light signal from your phone tells <laughs> your brain it is summer solstice and it's June. Boom, make that much cortisol, please. Please make that much cortisol. And so people are starting their day off by doing that. And so the crazy thing that happens with, with a lot of women that I work with just by having them do morning light, maybe they can only get five minutes of sunrise and five minutes of UVA fine. But a lot of them will, will, Hey, my cycle changed this month. Oh, when'd you get it? 
uh, last Thursday, guess what last Thursday was? That was the new moon, right? And right. so a lot of women, their cycle will shift and sync up with the moon because their eyes are, are getting the signal of what time of day it is, what time of year it is. And their body, our bodies want to sync up. Like we lived mm-hmm. outdoors under the sun connected right. to the earth. That's how we evolved. Well, but and we you don't think of do other that women anymore. sometimes too. Yeah, right? you do. And that's probably going back to the caveman and woman days where yeah. you were outside, you were sleeping under mm-hmm. the stars or spending time out in the sun. Right. So everybody was syncing together because they were syncing with mother earth right. and the universe. And, right. right. I think what's interesting right. is you talk about circadian rhythms. I have never did as much research until I had my daughter on circadian rhythms to get her to nap by the window. And I brought this book to be like, okay, she needs, she thinks it's dark when it's like, when it's, she thought it was light when it was yeah, dark. Switch the patterns, so I had yep. to, and I would move her little like bassinet by the window in the morning. So then I would open the blinds, mm-hmm. like time to get up yep. and then make the room really dark. So I just think it's funny how women I'll do that for a baby, but you forget child, to do it for yourself. Yeah. But, but you forget to do it for yourself. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. Well, I don't think people understand the power of just the morning light. I, I, I think people really don't know, like that's how that cycle of hormones actually starts. That's where it's supposed to begin. It begins with the eye. Um, Dr. Jack Cruz is actually who I met in the middle of my fertility journey. I interviewed him for my podcast. Um, thinking that we were going to talk about diet or no, he flipped me completely (laughs) into this world of circadian health and quantum physics. I mean, he, he's the the catalyst that shifted everything for me because I was in the middle of IVF. It wasn't working. I had just sunk $50,000 into this whole (sighs) IVF cycle thing. Didn't work devastated. And talk with Dr. Cruz. And he's like, you realize your hormones are not going to be balanced until you fix your relationship with light. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. But Mm. at this point (laughs) with where we are, I I will try, I'll try anything. Well, and all the hormones are synced up and some hormones are going to work directly with other hormones, but they all work in symphony together. Right. And you do a lot of work on leptin, which I think is an Mm. interesting one because almost everyone has heard of insulin. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Not as many people have heard of leptin or Ghrelin. Did I say that right? Ghrelin. Ghrelin. Um, yeah. Ghrelin. Ghrelin. Yeah. Yep. Which is the hormone that makes you hungry and tells your body mm-hmm. when you are hungry, hey, it's time to eat. Don't forget to eat or you're going to starve to death. If you didn't have that hormone, you know, yeah. you, I mean, in this day and age, we probably wouldn't starve to death. I but know. Back in the day, no. that is that is something that said, don't forget to eat so you can fuel your body. Right. And leptin, I understand, is a foundational hormone and is directly is. tied with those yeah with with insulin but people don't really talk about it no they don't it was what is it it was discovered in 1994 and dr cruz again is the one who turned me on to it um he's done some amazing work on leptin if you go on his blog i mean if you have to kind of really read it about 10 times to get it um you really have to study what he says because he's a neurosurgeon and it's just it's it's a lot um so i've tried to take a lot of his work and interpret it uh for my clients and myself but i when i was having trouble getting pregnant he said what's your leptin levels and i'm like i could tell you my progesterone testosterone estrogen estradiol fsh lh i could like list off what my numbers were and he's like i don't care because leptin influences all of these other downstream sex hormones if your leptin is too low or it's too high 
your sex hormones are going to be a disaster. Your thyroid's not going to work properly and you're going to be insulin resistant or have some issue with insulin. So leptin also signals insulin. Um, there's so, it, it is like it's cortisol, melatonin, leptin. Those are three master circadian hormones that influence all these other downstream hormones. And leptin, is supposed to dock to the hypothalamus at night when you sleep, right? And it's supposed to give a download of this is how much stored energy is on her body. So tomorrow I need you to have this much energy output. And then also your appetite should be X so we can get her to a healthy body weight, right? So your body is like this beautiful self-correcting. It always wants to be in balance. It always wants to be correct. But if your circadian rhythms are jacked up and let's say you're not sleeping during that optimal time when leptin's supposed to dock to the hypothalamus between usually you know midnight around midnight or so give or take depending on the person if that download of information is not happening that's going to influence your thyroid right it can it can really mess with your t3 levels that's going to be your metabolism so you may uh downregulate your energy without even meaning to take a blood test, your T3 is low or your reverse T3 is really high. That's a really huge correlation with leptin. Um, and then your appetite's going to be all jacked up as well, because that download of information is simply not happening. And so the first thing that I have people do when they want to work on leptin um, is we have to work on your circadian health. You got to get the morning light. You got to block blue light at night because blue light at night, if you go into Google and type in blue light at night um, or artificial light at night and obesity, studies, artificial light at night and diabetes studies, artificial light at night and Alzheimer's depression, anxiety. I mean, the list of health issues goes on and on and on. We look at artificial light at night and how it disrupts the body. But what do most people do? They lay in bed with a phone screen until they fall asleep or or they're watching TV. Could you watch TV and put blue light glasses on because those are a thing now yeah. i feel like those yeah. are becoming more and more popular and they look kind of like the old school oh, blue blockers or something yeah, yeah they look like kind of they sporty. have nice ones <laughs> raw optics is the brand that i love I, I love raw optics and um there's a guy i'm actually friends with kind of met him through the quantum community and he makes he can make a blue blocking screen for your whole tv in case oh. you have like kids yeah i have oh, a wow. yellow one and i have a red my husband's like do not put that freaking red one on our tv he hates it but it changes the color. It changes the color of the games. <laughs> right. Exactly. And he, you know, he's got his expensive TV for football yeah. watching, but, yep. um, we will put the screen on because my daughter won't wear the glasses. Obviously the baby's not gonna wear glasses. He's four months old. Right. Um, and it, it, it will help to block that light out. Um, it absolutely will help because there, there've been studies done on again, blue blockers and, yeah. uh, what happens when you're exposed to that blue light after sunset is a cortisol rise, right? So cortisol opposes melatonin. And if you don't, if you can't make melatonin, you can't sleep and you can't repair. When we make melatonin, our body is supposed to have autophagy and apoptosis, which is like cell death and cell repair. Mm-hmm. So our body is supposed like to a have this for self- yourself. Yeah. Right. Your body is supposed to clean and rejuvenate itself when you sleep. But if you have artificial light, at night going, cortisol is going to come in, melatonin's not going to come in, and those repair processes aren't going to happen. And then leptin is not going to have that di- the, the download to the hypothalamus, right? Wow. So that's just basic level. I mean, there's 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 deeper levels to this, but that's like a basic level look at yes, our diets suck. Like, and there's 
I just well, came yeah. out with a nutri- a nutrition course today to kind of talk about the circannual and circadian nature of food and how to implement that because that's a whole other topic. Um, food is just light code, right? What right. grows our food? Light. So understanding how to manipulate that for your body. But the light thing is just a piece people are not willing to really look at or they're just like, that's just that's dumb. Right. Right. Because yes, big pharma is huge and makes a lot of money, but what makes probably more money than big pharma, big tech technology. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of different symptoms with a bunch of different hormones, right? We've mentioned just today, your appetite, your sleep Mm -hmm. and your Mm -hmm. fertility and just Mm -hmm. overall circadian and health and wellness. And there's probably a lot of people going, this sounds really overwhelming. Where do I start? So (laughs) I would say that your Instagram is very helpful. So follow Sarah Kleiner Wellness, correct? Sarah Kleiner Wellness Mm -hmm. is the handle. Yeah, all one word. Yeah. Right. And it, I, I find it really helpful for people because it's like, listen, yes, you can go get your blood checked and maybe you should if your symptoms are extreme. But if you're just noticing maybe you're at the beginning of having some hormonal imbalances, you can do free and easy things like get out into the sun in the morning and mm-hmm. or if you can't do that, open a window, right? Get some fresh air With and no some glass. fresh sunlight. No. Yeah. Right. Open. No Open, open. Open. Um, yep. Yep. You can wait until you've had food to have your coffee if you were having cortisol yes. problems or stress or yeah. or in the second half of your cycle, right? If you're going to intermittent fast, again, free. Skip dinner. <laughs> here's here's right. how yeah. you can do so it. So you say skip dinner. As opposed to breakfast. As opposed to breakfast. I love dinner. I know. See, I, I can, just, I can yeah. leave breakfast. For the last like six to seven I months, I start. I stopped intermittent fasting because what I did in my 30s, I can no longer do now. Yep. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you, I've gained muscle that I had lost back by having egg, protein, toast, a little fruit. And at first I was like, it's a lot of food. Like to have at mm-hmm. nine before she told me before 10 a.m. And I was like, mm-hmm. no, I like my coffee. And then I pitter patter around and then I go for the food at like noon or one. And she's right. like, this is why you're tired. This is like all these, yep. yeah, all these hosts of problems. But then you're saying dinner. And so a lot of the times I am not hungry at 6 15, 7 15. I force go. myself well, you to shifted eat. shifted your time, right? Yeah, I like, force myself to eat because I'm like, well, I don't want to wake up at 11 o'clock with like hunger pains. Right, right. So I eat like a light. My dinners have become way lighter than what they used to be. It's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are scared to eat the breakfast like you. They're like, it's too much food. I'm going to be hungry all day. I'm going to gain weight. I'm not hungry yet. So why am I eating? Right. 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 That's a big one too. Myself. Yeah. I'm like, if you're not hungry in the morning, that is a sign that your cortisol is too high. For most people, not, not everyone. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. these super, you know, insulin sensitive people that like stay outdoors all day and have a ton of muscle and, you know, look fabulous and you know, real insulin and leptin sensitive. Cool. But the average average person is not leptin sensitive is not insulin sensitive. It's like 88% of people are metabolically unhealthy. So they're going to fall into this category. If you wake up and you're not hungry and you have extra weight to lose and hormonal imbalances, that typically means your cortisol is too high. Mm. And so 
simple things you can do, get a couple minutes, just even if you just poke your head out the window for two minutes, right? For sunrise, which is when the sun is between zero and 10 degrees. And then another couple of minutes at UVA, which is when the sun is between 10 and 30 degrees. And you can use the D-Minder app to figure out when those times are for you because it's different for everyone. And yeah. it changes a little bit yeah. every day. Yeah, it changes a little bit every day because the sun, sun's going to rise at like 6.30 in the morning in the summer and not till like 8 a.m. in the winter. Right. So it's going to Well, it also depends if you're in Canada or Mexico, I don't. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my Canadian people are like, I am not getting up at four in the morning. I'm like, yeah. Well, the opposite of that. I mean, we lived in Canada for a while and sometimes the sun doesn't come up till 8.30. And it doesn't go down till right, that's in the winter. And then it's in the winter time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's really yeah. hard to get that sunlight yeah. just not accessible right yeah yeah well, well even so if it's overcast and cloudy you're still getting the signal really oh okay perfect yeah, all those all that signal still comes through so don't worry about cloudy rating overcast any of that Ooh. stuff trees buildings any of that st- all you have to do is go outside it's the simplest thing in the world perfect. the sun she's a yeah. powerful being oh what a beast Sarah Sarah Kleiner, <laughs> thank yes. you for joining us thank you so much everybody check out sarah kleiner wellness and uh, she's got an instagram she's got a website and she will help you get to the bottom of those funky hormones. Yes, and we're going to connect you and all her things, all her ads, all her per podcast, her website, all the things. All the ads. Yes. All right. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. You. That was oh. wonderful. We'll catch you Thank guys you. next time on Team Tequila Talks. Bye. <laughs>